Hello citizens, welcome to LIW The Orville Review. This is a weird one because this is technically a show that Adam Wilcox is doing on his channel, Raiders of Lost Flicks. It's a video show, he's going to chop it up. And I can't make this his Saturday with his normal cast. So what we did is uh, uh, both he and I sat down and we talked about the original sorry, the pilot for The Orville called Old Wounds. And it's just going to be a little audio of that. We mostly talk about, what we're going to talk about is the uh, tone of the show, the comedy versus the drama. And we'll put that on here. So it's a podcast, but it's kind of more meant for to, to be on his video. He's going to chop it up later. So if you want to check out the video when he's done, go to Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Flicks on YouTube or RaidersLostFlicks.com. For me, LIWstudios.com. I am Phoenix West, if this is your first time hearing this. Um, we do a bunch of other podcasts on there. Uh, Twilight Zone, uh, American Horror Story, Westworld, Walking Dead. Um, different anthology shows as well. John Carpenter movies, John Frankenheimer movies, blah, blah, blah. A ton of them. Anyway, go check it out there. You'll, you're bound to find something you're into. Um, unless you're into Star Wars. We don't really talk about Star Wars. Sorry, we don't care. But yeah, um, so this can be a kind of a weird podcast. This is my first time doing this this way. Uh, we don't have a theme song. We don't have anything. I'm just going to throw it up here. So in a second, you're going to hear Adam and I talking about the pilot, and, and enjoy. Bam! Here we go. Recording, starting. Like I said, we're live, but it's record only, so don't worry about it. Um, so uh, I'm here with uh, author and Phoenix. Uh, author and Phoenix, yeah. I'm Wanna here start with over? Author and, co- author and comedian <laughs> Phoenix West. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that didn't work for me on this show, and one of the reasons why I think it's, it's a hard sell to people that haven't gotten into it yet is... Uh, comedic timing on yeah. the show it, it, it's it didn't work for me it obviously didn't work for you uh, but you had you know you being a stand-up comedian I've seen your act you, you have absolutely know what comedic timing is uh, you know c- can you explain a little bit about the tone and, and you know why you think this doesn't work if I can try if I could try to explain why it doesn't work it's hard to explain why jokes don't work it's mostly it, okay it's Seth MacFarlane, and my brief history with him before we get into comedic timing. I'm not a huge fan of Seth MacFarlane. Uh, family Guy is okay. It, it got really, really bad for a while. Now yeah. it's kind of kind of back to where it was before, but I don't know, it's never been an amazing show for me. American Dad, though, is one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, okay. And the less Seth MacFarlane has to do with that show, the better the show is. Because he stepped away at some point. To go do other stuff like his like his awesome million ways a day in the West, which is just hilarious. And when he did that, American Dad got really funny, and it just kept being funny after he left. So I don't really know if I like Seth MacFarlane's sense of humor. It's mostly just pop culture references, and that works for Family Guy. That works for when he was on American Dad. It worked for that a little bit, but it didn't work in his movie. I'm glad he didn't do that here. He tried to do the awkward humor here. Like, uh, it reminded me of a Judd Apatow movie a little bit in this. Yeah. Where it's just, uh, I, you know, th- th- yeah, that, that that awkward humor. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm, I'm not a fan of that either. He, he did try to do a little bit of that, but he could tell maybe the producers were pulling it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know. The only joke that kind of made me laugh. I watched this whole pilot, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Waiting to laugh. I took my headphones off and I talked to my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm oh, sorry if my laughter is disturbing your day. I'll, I'll try to be a little quieter. Put them back on. I was like, <laughs> and I didn't laugh, but I, I got like a almost like, huh? A little blip on the little, 
I picture just a dead show. Bloop, oh. A blip on the laugh-a-meter? Yeah, and it was when he when they put the banana down, and he goes, we, no lo- we need no longer fear the banana. And that <laughs> kind of got a little bit out of me. I didn't laugh, but I was like, huh, oh. That was almost a joke, but the rest almost of it... Almost a laugh, yeah. Yeah, the rest of it is just awkward humor that doesn't work, and it's not jokes. They're not jokes. It's someone in an awkward situation, which can be jokes. Larry David made a whole career out of this thing. Mm-hmm. But... You have to, I think you have to have your characters established before you can do that. Instead of their establishment in, in the show, in the pilot, is the awkwardness. Like the, the black dude. I don't remember the characters' names at this point yet. But Well, um, luckily for you, I have that pulled up on my IMDb, so we can't yeah. forget anything. I think uh, he's going to be funny, of, uh, but... Uh, John, Lieutenant Commander John Lamar. Yes. He, Lieutenant Lamar. His introduction, I think, they thought was hilarious, which was all he cared about was having soda on the bridge. That's literally all the pilot offers with that one. And he goes, oh, yeah, that, as long as you keep it under the desk. And he's like, cool. And I was like, that was that was the joke? That was it. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting about this, too, is, at least for me, I, I remember this being advertised as a comedy. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you look it up on IMDb, it, it's, it, it shows drama comedy. And that's because this show, and you, you've only seen the pilot so far. You yeah. haven't seen the entire series. I've watched all two seasons. Uh, this is my third time watching the pilot. Because I watched the first time, I'm like, no, not yeah. working for me. And then, <laughs> then I watched the second time, I'm like, still not working for me. And then... Nick Atam, who you and I both know through mutual podcasts that we've done, he's like, dude, just just keep watching. Trust me, it gets better, you know? Yeah. And as I watch it, it stops being a comedy and starts becoming more Star Trek. They start focusing on the stories more, and they tone the comedy way down. This pilot here, I'm like, okay, it's fine if you want to have a Star Trek and, uh, you know, a Star Trek-inspired comedy, but we've already got that. From a wonderful movie called Galaxy Quest with Alan yeah. Rickman, and, and it works better. Mo- it works way better, like like light years better. You know, it, it's a TV show. You have to bring something different to the table. And when I'm watching the pilot, I'm thinking, Galaxy Quest did all of this better. Why should I be on board for this one? And, and twenty years ago, this this pilot came out in 2017, so we're already like you know. Years past that, and I think part of the problem is when this came out, um, there were still a lot of different things to watch. You know, uh, science fiction stuff. There was still there wasn't really a lot of science fiction shows, but there's still a lot of science fiction movies out there in the zeitgeist. I don't think people were really interested in Star Trek at that time. And of course, we got Discovery, which you watched a lot of that. Okay, uh, probably yes. more of it than I did. Well, that, I watched one episode, and I'm like, this is not Star Trek. Okay, well, that's one thing I was going to bring up is, but I want to talk about the, the, finish talking about the tone, and then we'll get into this versus Star oh, Trek. Yeah. Because what I, the reason I want to segue in, into that is because what didn't work for me was the comedy at all. I didn't, it was like, the comedy was an afterthought. He wrote a Star Trek pilot, and he wants to be in Next Generation, so he wrote himself into that. And I, whatever, that's fine. He can do what he wants. But then... They're like, you're Seth MacFarlane, though. You have to put jokes in here. And he's like, all right, well, here's that. And he kind of phoned that part in. Because what works for me in this, strangely enough, is the serious elements. The stuff with his ex-wife. When it finally got serious there in the last scene where he invites her to be on the part of the crew, that part was starting to work for me. And then it goes to her talking to the uh, Victor Garber's character, uh, Admiral Halsey. She's talking to him. That part works for me. And I was like, oh, interesting. She's the one that made him 
that gave him the recommendation to become a captain. Okay. And that part was working for me, but I realized none of it was funny. So the comedy show wasn't funny and I didn't laugh, but the, the sci-fi part of it, it looked good. Uh, all the actors are fine. It's got Scott Grimes, who's also an American dad. He plays Steve. Um, but none of the none of the jokes worked. Sci-fi worked. The plot was basic enough. It felt like a like a, like the the origin story of a superhero movie where it was like they have to establish everything and then suddenly get a little quick plot in there. I was getting a little bit of flashbacks, which I think was the intent uh, to encounter a far point on uh, Star Trek's Next Generation. It's like you have to introduce all these characters, but then you have to hurry up and have a plot too because. The simple introduction of characters does not make for entertaining television. No. You know, so, and that was the other thing I wanted to bring up too, and I know we're going to segue into this more, but 2017 was like the end of TV based entertainment where everything now is consumed by uh, an app, a stream, everything's streamed yeah. now. So you had to sell this to people, you need to watch this on TV or, or at least record it or watch later. And you're trying to sell this to people who, have already become accustomed to binge watching things, you know. So they like watching an entire season of time, whereas this one's like, you know, episodic in formula. And it's like if this would have just been a an episode of American Dad or you know Family Guy, like we were talking about, might have been okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like it's like, well, that was a thing, you know. But when you're when you're trying to sell it a completely different show, and it feels like you're watching an episode of Family Guy or American Dad, and not a very good one at that. It's a tougher sell. Yeah. At least it was for me, because that's the vibe I was getting from this. And a perfect example of those jokes not landing is I wanted to laugh really bad at the dog licking its balls when he's talking to the guy that's this down on the planet. You know, and he, he's the Arbor guy, you know, and he's, he's, he's talking to the Arbor guy and he's like talking about his, you know, come down here, I got a problem, and the dog's licking its balls. That's funny to me, all right, because they're not drawing attention to it. And then but then do. as soon as that scene ends, the two guys on the front, like, see that guy licking his balls? Yep, totally. That's the first thing it's, I it, noticed. Yeah, it, it's it's dragging the joke on longer than it needs to be, and and it's like patting yourself on the back for coming up with a mediocre joke at best. He Seth MacFarlane, from what I can tell, from all the media I've consumed of his, he can't not call attention to it. He has to comment on it. It has to be said. You can't just throw it out there. It's like the opposite of the Zucker Brothers. They would have gags in the background and nobody would yes, ever look at it. That's ex- I'm glad you brought up the Zucker Brothers because that's my, my style of humor. Yeah. When you don't have to call... Well, for one thing, Zucker Brothers did com- comedy that was not drawn out longer. It didn't wear out its welcome. Like yeah. It was really fast-paced, and there would be multiple things going on at the same time where if you if you blinked, you'd almost miss it. And you go back for a second pass, and you notice another joke that you didn't notice before. I mean, for years I've been watching Airplane, and sometimes in my in my adult years I still pick up on things that I didn't notice the first hundred or so times that I've watched it because they cram that. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do that style of humor, but I get what you're saying about awkward humor, though, where it's just like they just, they're talking and they're trying to talk their way out of a scene. Ghostbusters 2016 is full of that. It's it's pretty much all of that. That's all that is. So uh, I don't want any more of that humor in my sci-fi show. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, tonally it, it, it doesn't land as a comedy, especially if that's what you're advertising as. I mean, as time has gone on, we, we've come to understand that it's not necessarily a comedy anymore. It's an actual Star Trek show with some comedic elements to it. 
But we didn't know that at the time. So it's a tough sell. It's like you're watching this. I'm like, yeah, I, Galaxy Quest did this better. I don't need this. You know, I, I I respect the fact that they went out of their way to light the set, make it look like Star Trek and everything. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Everything yeah. looked good. The ship's flying. He's doing a hug the donkey, which I didn't get that joke. He's, he's weaving in and out of the it's ship. It's another one of those awkward things where it's like, I'm hugging the donkey. Get a hug in the donkey. Like, like you mentioned. I don't know what that means. The superhero movie thing, like uh, a good, exa- a really good example of that that humor that I can't stand, is uh, uh, Spider Man, not home. Is a homecoming. Far homecoming from home. Homecoming was far from home. The second one, and they're 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 doing like a joke, and they're just running it on, like they keep saying the same thing over and over, like that's supposed to be funny. It's like, oh, that that was my blip buddy. You got a blip buddy. I got a blip buddy, and then they just keep dragging it out, and they keep saying it back and forth to each other, and they figure if they the longer that scene runs on, the funnier it is because you feel awkward because it's not really funny, but the fact that they keep saying it must mean that it's funny, and you're supposed to laugh because you feel awkward. That doesn't work. Can work. Monty Python did that for years, right? But they're also that's what they do for a living. They were comedians at the time. Yeah. Uh, Peter Parker, you know, whatever that kid's name is, probably can't pull that off. So. It really depends on how it's done, how it's edited, and, and how long it goes on for, and what it is. It's very specific. Each joke has got to be specific in it. Like, there's two jokes involving Scott Grimes' character that bothered me because they weren't funny at all, but it felt like they were, like, the laziest attempts at jokes. First one was when he announces, when he, when he finds out he's going to become the captain, he goes, all right, I want this as my, oh, what is he, not first officer, but what was Scott Grimes' um, lieutenant, but he's, he's, he's the pilot, basically. Lieutenant Gordon Malloy. Lieutenant Gordon Malloy. There but, you go. But he, he's like, I'm going to hire him out. He goes, didn't he get fired for drawing penises on things? And he's like, yeah, he drew penises on a lot of stuff. And I was like, "That you just said the word penis. That's a, All you wanted to do was say the word penis? You didn't want to write a joke? That's all he wanted to do. And McFarlane has that kind of thing that he does, too. And, and I'm not going to say that he's not ever funny, because some of his stuff has made me laugh over the years. You and yeah. I both addressed that. But it's like you can almost see in his face that he's holding back the laughter at how clever the joke is that he's written. You know what I mean? Like, this is so funny. Oh, my God. I just said penis twice on a TV show. And that was you the know? joke. He said penis. Honestly, my favorite joke in, in the whole show, the banana one was pretty good, but that was probably my second favorite. My first favorite is the fact that he managed to open his show up on a money shot. With yeah. Rob Lowe playing an alien in full makeup. Oh, well, that was that's Rob Lowe. Funny. You managed to get that on national TV. Kudos. It's because okay? it came out of his head. You opened up a money shot and it just came out of his head. There, that was great. There yeah. was a third joke, one involving that. That I or, I didn't laugh at that, but I laughed at the banana a little bit. Like, almost laughed. And then I almost laughed and he goes, you try to get blue out of a white lamp. That almost <laughs> made me laugh, too. That was a nice callback. Because it was a callback. It wasn't referencing what we're watching right then. It was something... It was a little, a little bit smarter than the rest. That was it. But The other yeah, joke and, I want to mention with Scott Grimes is when... Um, uh, Bordis? Is that his name? Yes. No, uh, John, John Lamar. That's the, that's the younger guy. Um, the one that wanted soda. But he goes he goes to meet Scott Grimes for the first time because they're going to be working together. And he's like, you just want to, you want to make sure I'm not an asshole, right? He's like, yeah. He goes. So why why do you get why were you out of commission for so long? He's like, oh, I I filmed a porno on on this Back while <laughs> for some drugs or something like that. And he's like, really? He goes, no, I'm just joking. I was like, uh, it it's like that. Oh, we're gonna do a joke now. We're not gonna do a joke. Never mind. It felt like every joke was like that. Here's a joke. Nah, never mind. 
I'm sorry. My problem with this pilot too is the fact that the the story that they're trying to put out in in, in addition to introducing the crew and the cast, which is a heavy-handed thing for anybody to do in a pilot, which is why most pilots are usually like an hour and 40 minutes long as opposed to just 45 minutes or whatever this one happened to be. Thank God. Um they're trying to have a story but the humor drowns the story out to where I honestly forgot what was going on yeah. many times. Because like, I'm so focused on the jokes that work and don't work that I my brain like mentally checks out because I'm drained from all of these jokes that I'm supposed to laugh at. All and, I can... W- wondering if I'm just a buzzkill for not getting the jokes. No, you know I mean? no they're not funny, that's why. <laughs> I, I'm really hoping they're done with all the ex-wife jokes and, and how she cheated on them jokes. Because they did 55 I, I don't know how row. much you want me to spoil, but yeah, eventually that, that does take a backseat. It uh, better, to, it they yeah. did like fifty in a row in that one sequence when he's talking to the to the what what were the bad guys called? Cl- the krill, I think. Krill? Yeah, yeah, I think I think they were the krill. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Alex would probably be able to help me with they, that. They were krill. Time. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I haven't I haven't gotten. I, I, like I said, I watched the whole first two seasons once. I watched the pilot. This would be my third watching of it. So, but like I said, the, the, when they introduced the krill. That's taking a back seat because we spent so much time setting up all of these these jokes that just kind of run on longer than they need to. You yeah. Know? Uh, and, and one of the things I want to bring up, too, and it just, you know, you being a comedian, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm kind of envious of you because you do that. And I, I wish I could, but I'm not that good at it. Uh, I see this as a Western problem mostly because like, I like a lot of British humor, and I don't get as much of that from, like, British television as I do American television. It seems like American humor jokes run on way too long, uh, like a lot of them. And it feels like the longer they run on, they start to the jokes start to wear out their welcome and then become unfunny. Like perfect example would be a lot of the stuff that Will Ferrell does. Like yeah. small doses of Will Ferrell on SNL, funny shit. Love it. Love it to death. An entire two hour movie of Will Ferrell doing the same joke for two hours, can't stand it. Yeah, everyone loves old school. I don't get it. I don't know why it's funny. I just don't. I, just <laughs> I haven't don't seen that it. one yet, but I've seen some other ones, and I'm just like, oh no, just stop. You just you're 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 dragging it out too long, and it's like, I would rather have more jokes before they wear out their welcome than to just have one joke being dragged out. Um, another one that I thought was kind of funny, but it not like super funny. They're trying to have a serious conversation. And there's a guy outside, like trying to oh, yeah. wash the window, in a spacesuit on the back suit outside when they're in dry dock, and that's okay. Like, like you can put jokes in a spot to kind of like relieve the boredom or the tension or something like that. You and I, I brought you on the show because you and I love Star Trek, you know. Yeah. And we we talk about Star Trek and we watch a lot of the original shows, not so much the new ones. You know that that's not our thing, but that's our next um, topic. They do have comedy in like this. The newer Star Trek shows, especially not so much. Well, the original series they used to use it to end a ser- you know, end yeah. a show, which was like cringy. It had the uh, the police files. <laughs> yeah, everything always ended up. <laughs> you get you know, the monkey it had to, crawling it, around on an upbeat joke or something yeah. like that. But uh, the newer shows, like I want to say, like Voyager Enterprise, would have jokes kind of sporadically throughout the episode to relieve tension. I wouldn't even say jokes. I would say it had humor. Humor, it had yeah. light touches of humor that it felt natural coming from the characters in the moment. Mm-hmm. And this is more characters built on humor. 
than the characters using humor in the situation, yeah. if that makes any sense. Right, because all, all we know about Lamar is that he wants to drink soda on the ship. That's literally That's his all we character. Got. Thanks for introducing that character to us as the guy that wants to drink the soda. Now, I'm happy to say his character gets way, way, way more fleshed out as, as time goes on, but it feels like, you know, because one of the reasons why this the show, why I want people to watch this show, I don't want to get discouraged by the review, is it gets better. The, I, I think it started off as a comedy, and then eventually... McFarland said, you know what, I just want to go full Star Trek with this without getting any kind of lawsuit. So they brought in Brandon O'Braga, the, the producer of uh, Voyager. He came on board. Jonathan Frakes directed some episodes. LeVar Burton directed some episodes. LeVar Burton, who's directed some of my favorite Star Trek episodes yeah. in all of the series. Uh, and you'll be able to tell when, when those shows happen because you go like, this has got to be a Jonathan Frakes or LeVar Burton. And sure enough, you'll see those names in the credits. It, it, it gets better. It starts becoming where the, the humor, they use the humor as transitional stuff, and they focus more on the story, which which is what I yeah. like. There, there's there's multiple stories throughout the season, which is what I loved about Star Trek, is you would have an ethical dilemma, and sometimes you wouldn't really know who's right and who's wrong. You were left to choose, you know, whose side you're, you're on, and you would see things from different points of view. You're like, well, they're kind of right, but I can see where these people are coming from, too. That's the stuff that I love about Star Trek, and uh, you know this show definitely brings it in. But there's none of that in the pilot, which is unfortunate. You the, know, there is a little bit of what I like about Star Trek in the pilot, and that is I love episode with the inner conflict. Some one person feels a certain way about it, and another person, the captain or someone, feels a certain way about it, and then they have to work through that together. And then one person always kind of goes, "Oh, that's what you're going for." And this one kind of has that, only they don't have that butting of heads other than she fucked a blue dude. Where he's, <laughs> She fucked a blue Rob Lowe. She saved their lives, and he's she like... She blew his mind, yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> she, she, uh, she saves their lives by making the sea blow up, and it goes through the ship, and uh, makes a California Redwood go through a, a ship. Kind of, It was fun. It was fun to watch, but then he goes, all right, well, you, may, you belong here. Uh, you know, I was wrong. That was a little touch of what I like in these kind of shows. Which is the yeah. characters realizing they don't know everything. And a little... It's called humanity. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, now I want to mention Star Trek Discovery. Because I watched both seasons of that. I didn't watch the third one yet. And I watched... I watched the, uh, the pilot of season two. Or I shouldn't call that a pilot. I should say the, the, the season opener or, you know, the season debut of, of season two. They had it on YouTube. And I watched oh, that. Yeah. And I was like, nah, yeah. I'm not missing nothing. Uh, you can't have a Star Trek show without an ensemble cast. And at least, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but Discovery is more like a character. It's 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 my, the Michael Burnham show. Is am I wrong? You know, it, you're it wrong. It revolves yeah. around the, the main character. No, no, it's definitely an ensemble show. They, they got the cast figured out. Eventually, you start to like the characters, um, but it takes a while. Uh, Michael Burnham really isn't in a she, she is the main character, but she's kind of not at the same time. She kind of gets drawn in the background as the seasons go along. Mm, okay. um, but I would still say don't watch it. This So far, <laughs> just watching... I just didn't enjoy it. It didn't feel like no. Star Trek. I'm like, this is sci-fi it, show number 674. It felt know? like Zack Snyder's sci-fi mope fest. Yeah. Like, it's, it's <laughs> mope characters fest. being sad in space. 
Yeah. And it's not fun a lot, to watch. A lot watch. of crying. Yeah. And it's it, it's basically she came from The Walking Dead over to this so she could continue crying this time but That in space. was one of the reasons why I, I, I didn't want to get into it because her character on The Walking Dead was one of my least favorites. I, I, she's, nothing against the actress. I don't have no. anything personally against her. She was just boring. She's like, boring. Really, and really boring. So much so that when I did the... I, eventually I did... Because I do also do The Walking Dead podcast. I forgot she existed. And they brought her back for the next season. I go, who the fuck is that? I'm like, oh, yeah. I they would go forgot. like four or five episodes without a character. It's like, oh, yeah. that's right. She's one of the cast. Yeah. Oops. Completely forgot. No idea. Yeah. That's but, not um, a good character. Yeah. No. Uh, but Discovery is, unless you're into, I, would, I wish they would just call it Discovery. No Star Trek, just Discovery. This yeah. feels more like Star Trek than the Star Trek Discovery does. This feels more like it looks, it, everything's... Uh, on Star Trek Discovery, everything's super black and bright lights, and like it's very contrasty. This is more of a clean palette. Everything kind of meshes together. Everything looks smooth and clean and sterile. And this looks more like Star Trek Next Generation. All the buttons they're pushing look like that. I do praise the fact that the show, uh, and this is kind of one depart separates her from Star Trek, and I think that was by design. Is uh, we have a ship for you. You know, they, they're introduced in Seth MacFarlane. You're screw up. You know, you, you get this ship. This mid-level ship. Yeah. Uh, so many of the shows that I've seen, all the Star Trek shows, this is the first prototype of its kind. It's the fastest in the fleet. It's the best ship yeah. ever. This is just a regular, average ship. I mean, it's beautiful. I love the way the ship looks and everything. It's great the way it looks on the inside. It's it's totally next generation the way it's lit, everything about it. I love it. Um, but yeah. the fact that they're not bragging up how this is a prototype ship that's going to revolutionize you know they don't call it starfleet in this and this is called the union like the yeah. planetary union or something like that which is fine it's planetary you know? union starts with a c the third word uh not core it says, it says puck pretty much if you i'm amazed yeah. he didn't do it in an f I, i'm just amazed he didn't do that <laughs> i was resisted I, that urge. i purposely yeah. read it like that you know because it's on the seal and i was reading it i'm like oh he did puc okay i'm amazed i'm amazed yeah. but yeah, Star Trek Discovery is a the, the whole thing is that ship it runs on spores, so it's a it's a brand new prototype, and I think Once it works. Again, yeah, having it be just a regular ship in this makes it better because you get that feeling when they come up against the ship later on in the episode that mm-hmm. they're severely outgunned. So they have I to like use their wits. I like that wit. too. Yes, uh, it, it, the the fact that uh, you know in the original series it was the the Constitution flagship was Enterprise, and then in the next generation. The, the flagship of the fleet, the, the Galaxy-class Enterprise, and then even in Voyager, the first of the Intrepid-class. And then, as you're telling me now, Discovery, it's, it's you know, and then, of course, in Enterprise, the, this is the very first, you know, starship, like like one of about two that, that have ever been made that are being launched into space for, for any kind of expedition whatsoever. So it, I, I get tired of this this, like... It's almost like it collapses under the weight of its own expectations. Especially know? when they made it a prequel for Discovery, because you're realizing before Kirk and Spock, they decided to make this spore drive, which runs so much better, and they can just blip across the galaxy in, the, in zero amount of time, and it wastes no energy. You're telling me they didn't keep making ships like that? And they realize that in the end of Season 2, they go, oh, so they made them jump forward 600 years. That's why I didn't I have, bother season three. I have two episodes left to watch on Enterprise, and one thing that I that I do have to give that show—I know that show gets a lot of hate, okay, because it's only been four seasons. 
I have some problems with it. It's not perfect. Okay, I, I don't want to make this an, an enterprise review, but one of the things I do like about it is it's trying to set up the original series. It's trying to lead into that. Yeah. Like it's going out of its way to do that. And there's one particular episode. It's one of those bullshit mirror universe deals, but they actually find a Constitution class ship. And as opposed to Discovery, the Constitution class ship that they find looks verbatim exactly right down to every last little light and toggle switch and christmas light you can think of like the original series uh starship yeah and that's considered advanced compared to what they have so there's not a clash of technology like you have with the the kelvin timeline and discovery and sounds like picard as well uh where everything is like way too advanced for what they're advertising well, Picard set way after everything, so so that one's fine. And, yeah, and that that's one... why I was saying I, I I wish that Star Trek would quit doing this prequel stuff because if you want to be advanced and be flashy, go to the future yes. where you can write whatever you want. Well, that's why I think that's why they went six hundred years in the future. A, so it made sense why that none of the other ships have spore drives, and then B, they can not have to worry about all the fan service prequel bullshit. They could just do their own thing now. So oh, maybe you mean Discovery? Well, yeah, Discovery yeah. is supposed to take place before Enterprise. Yes, but now they're six hundred years in the future as of season. Oh, three. they oh they did a time jump. That's what I'm saying. They had to they had to write themselves out of a severe hole right there, <laughs> and so they did a time <laughs> that's so jump. So fucking stupid. <laughs> so in season three, that's why I haven't watched it. I was like, they're, wait, they're going. Oh god, that's so dumb. I didn't even know that because, like I said, I've only seen like one episode, and I just did not enjoy what I watched, but. Uh, this one, after I watched the pilot, I did keep going. I was like, okay, um, still not quite with it yet. And then I think it was pr- probably about halfway through the first season. I'm like, oh, this is the stuff that I missed from the original Star Trek shows. The the, the, the kind of entertainment where we have a uh, an ethical dilemma. you know. And I, I think the episode that really hooked me in, I, I won't talk about it yet, but... Um, you started getting that ethical dilemma that, that kind of mirrors something that's going on currently without having it take place in current times. You know what I mean? It's like having something that takes place in an alien universe, but it's like a current event type of thing where if, if gone unchecked, you know, we, we've talked about it before. I know Frank has mentioned, you know, like uh, Black Mirror. Uh, they do a lot of technophobia type stuff. They do a little bit of that on this show too, uh, which is why you might like it because... Uh, you'll see the writing start to come through in later episodes. And then season two just fully commits to being a, a Star Trek-like show. Okay, good. I don't as like, opposed to I don't being like a Seth MacFarlane comedy. So. I, I don't like Black Mirror. So I don't either. It's a little concerned. too dark for my tastes. Yeah, I, It's just sad I, I, for the sake of being sad. It's Star Trek Discovery. It's like, okay, yeah. just cheer the fuck up, guys. I don't want to see crying all of the time, but yeah, even this show has a tendency to get dark sometimes. And it, but they don't go too dark with it. They don't go any it's, darker than say, um, you know, Voyager would. You know, so or Star, Deep Space Nine. Star Trek Discovery is the male version of that show. This is us, where everyone is just crying all the time. Like everything's the saddest thing ever. I've seen supercuts that Red yeah. Letter Media does, and in between. Our friend Alex, our mutual friend Alex, and Red Letter Media, I know enough about Discovery and Picard to not even bother with it. No, uh, don't. Once I finish wrapping up Enterprise, I'll either go back and watch Generation again or watch a completely different show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on any farther than that. I don't want to go past the Rick Berman and Brandon Braga era. I just. No. I, I miss those type of shows. 
we were spoiled by them because when you and I were growing up, we had multiple shows going on at once. And then once those were gone and all we had was Discovery, Orville's about the best thing that we've had in uh, in recent years. So yeah. even though the pilot's a little hard to sell, like I said, if you you know if you can get past the terrible humor of the of the pilot, it definitely improves. But if you had to give it a score, Phoenix, uh, a one out of five cheese curds, what would you what would you rate just the pilot on its own, not the show? I, this, I was thinking about this when I was watching it, and I'm trying to subtract. Uh, okay, um, I'm debating between two numbers. Um, I don't want to go that harsh with it because I didn't hate it, so I'll give it a three. Okay. Because I'm, I'm just, if the scale was on your show, that would probably be like about a five out of five. Yeah, that's exactly what I, what I want to give it is a five. It's it was neither here nor there. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it, or I didn't love it. I should say um, it was. I liked the serious elements about it. Honestly, it was th- that part worked for me. I liked the look of the show. It looked good. It looked like space. It looked, you know, it didn't look super cheap. It it looked like it looked like an adequate sci-fi show. And uh, the comedy is the only the only real drawback to this thing. If it yeah. wasn't for the comedy, it'd probably get a four. Honestly. Uh, how did you like the uh, speaking of comedy? And then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, the uh, the bit where they go into the the hollow deck. And he's playing with a video game, like he's got, he's got, he gave the video game guy a personality, and then he just kind of ends it by just taking a sword and just whacking the guy in two, and then he disappears. Did did you did that? That didn't work for you either, did it? That didn't work. The thing that did work though a little bit was the voice they chose for that guy, where he's like, "Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Always great to meet yeah. a friend." He's like, he's yeah. very Midwestern. Like, oh yeah, great. Oh, you see the Packers super. game? Oh yeah, totally super. Yeah. Oh yeah, went down to Lambo. That was great. Uh, no, but and then they chop <laughs> his head off, and I go, yeah. I, I knew it was going to end with with comedic violence for no reason because I've seen uh, a million ways to die in the West, and. I'm amazed Seth MacFarlane didn't comment on it while it was happening. Yeah, you chopped his head off. That is funny. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's if you're gonna do it, here, here's here's a message to people. All right, if you're doing jokes and I, Phoenix, you can give your little message too, like like the pointers. This just as somebody that appreciates humor. Okay, I'm not yeah. a comedian. I don't write comedy. I appreciate comedy. Don't drag your joke out too long, and don't have to show the joke after you've already sh- or or explain the joke after you've already shown the joke. The dog's licking its balls. It's funny. You don't have to say, "Hey, did you see that joke we just wrote literally thirty seconds earlier? Was that funny?" <laughs> they were one step away from going. Let's replay that and zoom in, and then they show the dog like really close up. Like that would have been not unexpected in that moment for me. And it's okay to just have something funny happen. And not draw attention to it. Thank you. It, you don't have to say. We just did a joke back there. Did you see that audience? <laughs> oh, come along for us. We're having fun here. And it's okay if you call a joke back later. I mean, you know, we we done it in some of our episodes where we thought something was funny in a movie, and then we played it later. Like, let's watch that scene one more time. But we do didn't do it immediately. We did it like later in the show, just to show how funny that still was. You know, like. I, I can't imagine, A, this show's going to continue for much longer. Like you said, it might not get season four. Or B, it's not. He'll, it's, he'll ever it's, get it's another live action. It's only going to have, and that's, that's the unfortunate thing, is, is, you know, nowadays people have no no patience. None at all. And it's because we live in a hi- hyper-fast, you know, everything's consumed immediately. 
instant gratification, wish fulfillment. All right. If you can't bring people on board with your pilot, and I've noticed that with a lot of shows, if your pilot is not your strongest episode, you lose people. Yeah. I, I you, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. The Game of Thrones pilot was boring as shit. I hated it. Uh, I still watched like four or five episodes. I was still bored. Didn't work for me. Didn't didn't draw me in. Uh, the pilot for Breaking Bad instantly brought me in. Uh, the yeah. pilot for the, uh, the, the Wire. Sopranos. The Wire. The the Wire was fantastic. Well, the Sopranos, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Those were those all had great pilots. The problem with pilots for that sort of stuff is if it's not an episodic thing, the pilot's going to be much stronger because that means they wrote the whole story. When an episodic show like this, it's the pilot's going to be weaker. Because they're yeah. going to figure out those characters as they go along because they haven't written the whole show yet. So, because look at the first season of Next Generation. Oh, it's so yeah, bad. But, it's so bad. So that's it's amazing I, that show lasted as long as That's why I'm not really judging bad. this that harshly based off its pilot. I want to watch more good. based on the good things I saw at the end of the pilot. I like the stuff with with his ex. And I may and, cut this out, but I will tell you that uh, if you like the... What you're telling me, you like the serious elements, yep. then you're in for you're in for treat. Good, okay, because yeah. that 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 stuff will take over, and the the humor will will push aside. I'm hoping but, it just becomes Seth and his reaction humor. His reaction humor can be funny when he's just reacting to a situation, not calling it out, but like he's saying a funny line here or there to based off someone else's line. That's funny when he does that. But his the humor it down. will be. Re- It'll be relegated to like transitional stuff, like, like we said, like when you're going from one se- serious moment to another serious moment, and they're they're like kind of in that awkward position, like how do we get out of the scene? That's where the jokes will come in. They'll be there to end the scene and then move to the next situation, which is what I, I appreciate about it. Yeah, made me want to go back and start watching Star Trek again. So that that's a high praise. But you and I both watch a lot of Star Trek movies shows. We know that a lot of times the first season is usually the worst one. Yeah. Usually, not always, but like Deep Space Nine, the first season was rough, like really rough. Uh, the first season of Voyager, I thought was pretty good. Second season completely shit the bed. Um, Enterprise, same way. First two seasons, really freaking boring. Uh, picks up around the third season. But yeah, it's kind of important nowadays, especially when nobody, people like Netflix, they don't want to pay any money or anything for a TV show. If you can't bring that audience on board right away... Yeah, you lost everybody. That's why it's unfortunately it's only going to get three seasons. So there's two available now on Hulu. You can watch, and then we're waiting on season three to to be reviewed, and we'll be reviewing those as well. Uh, Phoenix, thank you so much for stopping by and uh, talking about comedic the, timing. The Wellville uh, pilot. Tell everybody where they can find you if you could. Yes, uh, LIWstudios.com for me, um, and we do other shows, uh, LIW The Twilight Zone Review, LIW Anthology Series Review, LIW John Carpenter Review, and yada, yada, yada. You can find them all on LIWstudios.com, Loitering in Wonderland on YouTube, and that's it. There's probably more, but I'll stop. Awesome stuff. Yeah, I'm probably going to just like splice in the, you know, put the, I'll put the little links down below while, like, while I'm showing the video. But I think that's good. I'm going to go ahead and end this. Adam, where can we find you? Oh, I'll do that at the end because i, I got to splice in all this other stuff. Too, My podcast so. is still going. Oh, that's right. Your podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being selfish. Oh, uh, yeah. You can find me at RaidersLostFlicks.com. Um, Raiders of Lost Flicks on YouTube. I review uh, science fiction, horror, um, weird movies, stuff like that. Um, find me on Twitter, Raiders underscore OTLF. Perfect. Yeah, this is a weird cross 
show where we're technically doing this for Adam's show, but we're also, I just decided to record it because why the fuck not? Why and not, put it out right? as a podcast because, hey, good material content. is good material. But yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's fun to watch a new show. So I, I got a lot of entertainment by doing the Expanse, and uh, I, I enjoyed this show as well. So looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so long, yeah. citizens on my end. <laughs>